0: The, the core drive for us is having fun together as a group, and it doesn't matter if that community is five people or 35 people. Um, that still is so important to us.
1: People are surprised when we have holidays in, um, in tour breaks. Um, instead of all going our separate ways, very often we'll all decide on a group holiday to do together. So we just we we love being together, and that's I think and that's that's a testament to our to our process.
2: Welcome to the Arts Hub, a regular look inside Australian arts and artists. I'm George Nunford. That was Jascha Boyce and Lachlan Binns, two of the co-founders of Adelaide's acclaimed circus company Gravity and Other Myths. In this episode, we're looking at circus arts and how far they've evolved outside the big top to become an art form that not only draws big audiences, but has an internationally connected community of performers. Circus performers are known for close collaboration and their flexibility in the changing arts landscape. So this month, we're exploring how Gravity and Other Myths, or GOM, has become one of the country's best-known circus companies. GOM formed in 2009, growing out of Adelaide's youth circus school, Circuits. After more than a decade of building their reputation, GOM are in demand at festivals the world over, or at least they were, until COVID brought everything to a grinding halt.
0: So we had just started touring with three separate ensembles internationally and we had never had a moment because it all happened quite quickly we didn't ever have a moment where those three ensembles had come together Um, until a couple of years ago we um, had one week where we had to remount each of the individual shows and so it was a perfect opportunity to work together so we actually only spent probably two hours on the rehearsal room floor with the full ensemble But in those two hours, uh, we straightaway knew that we wanted to create something as a bigger ensemble. So I think that idea has been in the back of our minds for quite some time, Um, but it wasn't until we all went into lockdown. This was even before JobKeeper um, was offered. We realised that this opportunity was really quite a unique one that we obviously never expected to have. um, And we really wanted to jump on that and use it to our advantage, I guess. Um, And that was kind of where a lot of the ideas for The Pulse began. Um, And leading on from that, so as soon as we were allowed to be in the rehearsal room and touch each other again was when JobKeeper rolled out as well. And it kind of felt for the first time like we were a funded company, which was amazing. We just suddenly had all this time where we could be in the space creating and training together and actually get paid to do it. So I think last year we... Not only did we make The Pulse, but we also made another show called I Want To Touch You, which premiered in Adelaide Fringe and started development on maybe five other shows as well. So we just kind of spent the entire year when we couldn't tour creating and making and training together, um, which was, despite being um, challenging at times, an incredible experience that I would not have been possible without JobKeeper or without the pandemic in general, actually.
2: So for Jasha, it made her rethink how they produced a show. For her co-founder and collaborator, Lachlan Binns, the dependability of funding helped.
1: You also missed the film and the education program that we launched as well. So we were, we were kind of overcome with, with opportunities because of consistent funding. It's, it's kind of really hard to imagine what would have happened if we didn't get JobKeeper, I imagine, we would have lost a whole bunch of our artists to other opportunities, to, to other industries completely. So it would have been a real challenge for us to even get enough people back together to put our shows on the road. I like to think people would have come back. <laughs> they would have taken a little bit of time off and said, Gom's where I want to be. Um, that's the show I love. I want to get back with those people again. But uh, it's really hard to say.
0: JobKeeper ended in, what was it, March this year? April? something like that. Um, And from that point onwards, we didn't have any work for our artists at all. Um, So essentially we gave them the option to move back home and get other jobs, essentially do what they needed to do in the interim before we started touring again. But at the same time, we also received some funding to open our own space. And the core focus of having our own space here in Adelaide was to provide Um, a training space for our artists until we could go back on tour, Um, a space for them to um, train for free, also run their own classes and private classes as a way to make money. Um, And for the most part, I think that's actually been really, really vital in keeping our artists connected with each other and the company and in Adelaide um, and still moving and creating and working physically alongside getting other jobs. So we've had people delivering flowers and cleaning gutters and all of those normal jobs as well um, in the meantime. But yeah, having, having the opportunity to start our own space has actually really, I think, helped us along the way.
2: Exploring cause and effect, cooperation, adaptation and community, The Pulse premiered at this year's Adelaide Festival. It features all 30 members of GOM's three ensembles, as well as a choir. In his review of the production, our performing arts editor Richard Watts praised The Pulse, saying, What especially satisfies is the joy performers exude at being back in front of an audience. Their delight at being on stage again, and their camaraderie, is palpable. That bond between ensemble members has been integral to Gravity and other myths from the company's very beginnings.
1: The driving force behind us staying together and, and doing this for such a long time was that we really enjoyed hanging out together, training, performing to an extent, but really performing wasn't the driver. It was, it was the training and the making and the playing. We enjoyed playing so much, we decided to make a show all about playing um, so that we could just continue to play on stage. So it was that playfulness, it was that joy, it was that fun that we had together, much like a a normal group of friends would find a thing they like doing together and just do it.
0: As our company's grown, I think that's been a really core focus of ours um, at, like, every point along the way. So um, I think we really wanted to try and, I guess, embrace that feeling that we had when we first started the company and share it with other people as well. And so inherently the whole time, like, as we've added more people to the cast, the ensemble um we still really focus around a commitment to chemistry is what we talk about a lot and so when we hire people or um collaborate with other artists we really want to make sure that those people um and us have a really strong connection as people first before anything else and that we do have fun together and we can um when we're on tour we don't just go and do the show and then go home separately we want to spend all of our time together we eat together we um, hang out together. We play board games together. We, we kind of do everything together. And I guess this past year has been a really strong testament to that.
3: NICA, the National Institute of Circus Arts, is celebrating 20 years as Australia's centre of excellence in circus arts. You can join the fun with their program of events from 31st of August to 4th September. Discover the full program at nica.com.au. That's nic
2: The last 15 months have presented major challenges for everyone in the performing arts. Gravity and other myths have been keen to learn adaptability, just like many other companies. But they also want to keep the company moving as much as possible. Beginning with a season of the Pulse at Darwin Festival, which co-commissioned the work.
0: Then, for the next couple of months, we have a few smaller engagements around Australia that we're not sure if they'll happen or not. We're hoping that they will. It's just um, everything feels a little bit uncertain at the moment in Australia. Um, but we do also have international bookings from mid-October onwards for most of for all of our casts, actually. Um, And at this point, we're still, I think, assuming that they are going to be possible. I mean, the first priority is that our artists are safe. Um, So we are all vaccinated now and we're um, just kind of planning those to make, to to ensure the safety of our artists before definitely saying yes to them. But that is our kind of plan for the rest of the year, hopefully.
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking on the safety of artists, uh, our artists also need need work and need to earn money so it's a, it's kind of a balancing act between uh, you know to be perfectly honest it would be safer probably just to turtle up and sit at home and, and not venture out into the world but it's just not possible so you, make, you you kind of walk that fine line of taking all the necessary precautions trying to secure as much work as possible obviously there's financial risks for the company as well if things fold over and hotel quarantine and the list goes on and on and on it, it's, it's, it's a much different to imagine um, international touring with lots of travel than it was two years ago, as as you can imagine. But we kind of have just adapted our processes, changed, shifted slightly the way we think about things. We've kind of accepted that it's not gonna be a bountiful year, um, but as long as we're providing opportunity for artists, for for our employees, that's kind of the, the key part of the process.
2: Until the pandemic struck, it seemed that contemporary circus, especially Australian circus companies, were almost de rigueur at international arts festivals. What do international festivals value in Australian circus?
1: I think Australian circus has a kind of sense of, of, of playfulness and kind of larrikinism and not taking itself too seriously and, and having that kind of real, real kind of group, uh, human empowering spirit to it. A couple of the big festivals bring a couple of uh, contemporary circus shows, put it as part of their program, and then a lot of other festivals want to do the same thing. So it's kind of it's got that kind of quality to it, which I'm not complaining about, to be honest.
0: I think it's quite universally accessible and sexy, for want of a better word. Like it's it's something that can be commercially viable and can sell tickets while still being really artistic and something that makes you feel things and think. Um, at the same time, which I think is really attractive to presenters.
2: Compared to theatre, contemporary circus is a very young art form and one that's still evolving. As a company at the forefront of new circus in Australia, how did Gravity and other myths want to see the art form evolve?
1: I think circus has always struggled with narrative, with marrying narrative and story with physical spectacle, I suppose the combination of the two has always been kind of jarring you go from from a narrative to uh, all of a sudden doing backflips or tightwire or things that seemingly are out of out of sync with one another and i think i think that's where circus can go is finding a more seamless way to blend story and narrative with physicality and spectacle and i think it won't look like a back somersault or a handstand it'll look like something different. Physical storytelling, I think, at Dom, we're really passionate about. And I think to take circus to that next level of storytelling, that that physical storytelling or whatever discipline it is, the way you tell a story with that is, is what is the next the next step, I think.
0: So I'm gonna say redefining what circus is as well, because circus has, for such a long time, been really kind of focused around traditional circus um, and even contemporary circus up until a point had to be really focused around skills and tricks and that kind of performative language. And I think in the last like probably five or 10 years that has started to kind of evolve into creating something that is still circus, but looks and feels quite different. And I think that's how um, the storytelling will be able to come into circus a little bit more because it's less about doing a trick and it's more about finding a way to present a story in a really interesting way physically.
2: We look forward to seeing how circus continues to grow, and you can catch Gravity and Other Myths, The Pulse, at Darwin Festival this year.
3: NICA, the National Institute of Circus Arts, is celebrating 20 years as Australia's Centre of Excellence in Circus Arts. To celebrate, you're invited to join them for a program of events from 31st August to 4th September, Including NICA 20 Years Circus Variety Showcase, featuring the graduating class of 2021, a 20 Years of NICA exhibition, plus an open house on Saturday, 4th September, with free workshops and shows so everyone can celebrate with them. Book now at nica.com.au. That's N N-I-C-A I C A.com.au.
2: Thanks for listening to The Arts Hubbub. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, why not leave a review on Apple Podcasts? Or you can look at previous episodes on our website at artshub.com.au slash podcast. Our guests this month were Jascha Boyce and Lachlan Beans from Gravity and Other Myths. The Arts Hubbub is produced by John Shear, Giselle Buetti, Alana Morris, Richard Watts, and me, George Dunford. Our theme music is Chasing Waterfalls by Tim Scheel. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Kulin nations. We pay our respects to Kulin elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded.